Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day, welcome back to the show. Today's episode is episode number 75 and today we welcome Emma Shermer who joins us from Marketing by Emma which is her copywriting company for Amazon sellers. Now, Emma has an extensive background in copywriting, and she explains today the methodologies that she uses to boost conversion rates for Amazon listings with exceptional copywriting. You only get one chance to make a first impression, so make sure you craft your copy, and for goodness sake, edit it to minimize the off-putting typos. Now, Emma's passionate about writing for humans first, but at the same time, weaving all important keywords and phrases into your listings to increase rankings on Amazon. So... Don't forget, there's really only two ways that people can find your listing on Amazon. That's either via a deal page, like a lightning deal, or via a search. So they have to type something into the search bar. Or in America and Australia, they can do a search using Alexa, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like keyword search. Now, before we move on to the interview with Emma, uh, the India trip is coming up in a couple, in what, about 10 days. And, but Megla's already planning her next tour for April in 2020. So she's offering an early bird discount, which takes a thousand US dollars off the price. So it's already an amazing deal where everything's been taken care of. All you've got to do is just get to India and uh, you know, you'll find products to sell on Amazon in niches, which are definitely not saturated. So that's really uh, an excellent thing. So um, now on Tuesday, the 27th of October, I'll be co-hosting an Amazon meetup. We're still working out the finer details of that event at the Honey Bar. Uh, that's going to be in Melbourne with Retail Global and Pioneer. So please stay tuned for details there. Now, don't forget to join the Australian Seller family over on Facebook. So just head over to the australianseller.com forward slash Facebook. But uh, as usual. And welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Emma Shermer, the co-founder of Marketing by Emma. Emma, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on board and uh, sharing your wisdom around copywriting. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm look for- looking forward to speaking with you today. Oh, we're just going to have a little chat, aren't we? So, yeah, look, it's going to be really fun. Um, anyway, of course, the usual question is, can you introduce yourself? What's your background? How did you get into copywriting? Sure. So I sort of fell into copywriting. I actually, I come from a line of marketers and advertisers, and it was not really anything that I ever thought about doing, but I was always a very skilled writer. And so when you're a skilled writer and you're looking for what to do professionally, uh, there are not that many options that can actually guarantee that you'll have a job and get paid. And it was also just something that when I was working, my, my boss's identify that I had this skill. And so I always sort of ended up getting tasked with writing the newsletter or sending out the emails or all those sorts of things. And so as I sort of explored it just as a curiosity, I started to gain more and more interest. And I started to really understand how you can use words to really get people to do certain things or feel certain ways. And so once I discovered that, it sort of opened up this 
whole world for me. So I, I got more into doing marketing professionally. And then uh, in 2016, my husband, Ares, and I co-founded Marketing by Emma after realizing how much uh, e-commerce businesses and Amazon sellers really needed um, strong marketing writing to be able to communicate effectively when the internet's the only place that they're really able to connect with their customers. Good answer. So, because that's the that's obviously with Amazon, that's kind of where my main focus is going to be today, and probably on e-commerce as well. But one of the things that I see, I just see a lot of people not doing a particularly good job when they're putting their copy together for their Amazon listings. Um, always difficult, I suppose, with English as a second language for many Amazon sellers. But so, what what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see sellers make on Amazon when it comes to crafting their sales copy? Yeah, so there are a lot of mistakes uh, that I see, and they are sort of in all different uh, sections. So let's just start with, you know, before you really sit down to do any writing for Amazon, you want to make sure to have a really clear idea of what keywords that you need to be using if you're going to be indexing properly and then being able to run the PPC campaigns that you want to run. And so first and foremost, making sure that you have a really solid list to work from, that you've done that research or that you've uh, gotten the assistance of somebody that can help you do that research because expecting that you're just going to use the keywords that you need to use is really going to limit your opportunity and it's really going to uh, potentially negatively affect uh, the amount of organic traffic that you're going to be able to generate and how you're actually attracting people to your page in the first place. So Mm -hmm. all of that pretty stuff that you do, if nobody's clicking to your page, then it's sort of for nothing. So I would say that that's, uh, to start with, a a really important thing to be mindful of. And then to the other extreme is people that are just trying to create a whole string of keywords. So we like to say keyword stuffing, and that can be really off-putting to the person that's wanting to take the time to learn about your product and instead is just reading an unintelligible list of random keywords that may or may not even be directly related to your product. So wanting to sort of strike that balance between using important keywords while also still creating something that is providing value and that you're able to read. Um, I would say from there, some other things that you want to be mindful of are really being clear about how does your product fit into the competitive landscape? So if you are selling something that's very similar to lots of things that other people are selling, their copy is actually a space where you can really differentiate yourself. Even if your product is almost the same, even Mm. you can position it in a different way. You can highlight different types of benefits. And so having a really clear idea of how to set yourself apart will help you to stand out from all of these other products that look exactly the same and that have almost the identical copy in their listings. Yeah, it sounds good. I mean, that's a, that's the thing I see a lot as well is sort of the me too type of sales copy. Um, sometimes I even see people kind of just copy other people's sales copy and use it on their own <laughs> listing and maybe just change a few words around. You mentioned earlier about keywords. This is an interesting um, dilemma, I think. I mean, I've faced this many times over the years where um, you have a, a really odd sort of key phrase that comes through from the keyword research. I don't know, like I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here, like sleeping bag tent, you know, uh, where 
where the way that people search is sort of different different to the way that people you know obviously want to read um i know i know sometimes i've used punctuation to to sort of separate the the key phrase or keep the key phrase together is that something that you would recommend as well so just for example what i'm trying to get at here is let's say that you are selling yeah the keyword that you try to introduce is sleeping bag and tent the way that i've sort of done it in the past is you know say this is an excellent sleeping bag full stop you know, tent, <laughs> uh, tent ready. It's you know ready to go or something like that. So, is that do you do that as well? Is that something that you would recommend to sort of you know for people that are trying to keep weird strings of key phrases together? So we get creative in a lot of different ways. In some ways, I look at fitting in your keywords as putting together a puzzle. And so sometimes it you look at a phrase and if you're just taking that out and, and looking at it on a white background without any text around it, you think, how would I ever be able to write a cohesive sentence where that works? But sometimes you can look at it and sort of find a way where suddenly you put a word on the beginning or the end and it pulls it all together so that it's not just this very awkward mm. phrase in the middle your sentence. But it's also important to remember that you have your backend search terms as well. So if there's something that's really awkward, uh, that's grammatically incorrect, that's a misspelling, that's even another language, those can be great opportunities. However, they're not necessarily what you want to be putting in the front end of your listing where people are going to be reading through and then all of a sudden <laughs> the uh, search in Spanish, you know, that's a, a little awkward if you're not selling perhaps a, a Spanish, uh, you know, a product manufactured in Spain or something. Exactly. Um, well, just speaking of the backend keywords, obviously, there are lots of places that you can put copy into your listing. You've got the title, you've got bullets, you've got, you know, the description, the backend keywords, all those different fields that are in the backends, you know, search term fields and stuff. Um, what's the sort of hierarchy um, maybe starting with the title, I know for certain that the title is one of the, the biggest places that um, Amazon looks at for keywords. What's the best way to craft a title? Do you have a sort of a formula that you like to use that can work around Amazon's requirements for writing a title? So first and foremost, you want to be making sure that you know what your character allowance is for whatever category you're selling in. Amazon started to get a lot stricter with that this summer. And uh, it's something that if you're exceeding what they're allowing, then they will suppress your listing. So you want to make sure that you're very clear about how many characters you have to work with um, before, before you start anything else. After that, then I would say pick your most accurately descriptive keyword because that's also probably really what what people are going to immediately be able to identify and say, okay, this is the product that I'm looking for. And then from there, looking for some different descriptive types of keywords that aren't simply um, different ways of phrasing the same thing five or six different times, but instead providing value uh, as far as better describing what the product is, what some of the ingredients are, uh, what are some of the other features of that product that are mm. that are keywords, but that are not just um, a, a list of synonyms for, for that product. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what about sort of bullets and crafting bullets? We've got five bullets usually that we can craft. Um, how do you like to structure those or order those uh, in when you're running listings for people? So when you're thinking about your bullets, number one, it can be very tempting to try to maximize the characters that you're allowed, which a lot of characters, a lot of categories, that's 500 characters mm. a bullet, which I don't know if you've ever seen 500 characters all next to each other on Amazon, but it looks like 
very large and very unattractive and off-putting blocks of text. So I would strongly encourage you to not take that direction. You want to make your bullets and really everything that you're creating when you're when you're writing or or you're designing or anything else something that's very easy to quickly look at and pull out the information that you want because while there are some people that will read from top to bottom and will meticulously research you on multiple websites and read all your reviews and everything like that there are a lot of other customers that they know that they're looking for one particular feature or a size or a compatibility or uh, that your product is made without some ingredient and, and you want to make it so that whatever that criteria might be, they can very quickly and easily get that information. Mm. And so one way of doing that is making sure that you're not overwriting uh, your bullets and that you're keeping them really succinct, but also that you're creating some headers. And I like to set those apart with all caps that are very clearly articulating what each bullet point is about. So you can look at it and you can say, oh, okay, I know that that one is about uh, their manufacturing process. Mm -hmm. I know that this one is about um, the ingredients that they're using. And so if I'm having those criteria, then I don't have to waste my time trying to dig. Because anytime that you're making me work, you're essentially creating a chance for my attention to wander, for me to get distracted by another tab, or even go and click to one of your competitors that's advertising on your page. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, the other thing I see as well is, just speaking of competitors, is sometimes I see a lot of sort of attack copy, as I'd call it, where... Uh, you'll see on a listing on a bullet that someone will write, um, you know, unlike competitors' products, our products, you know, don't have the same problem or, uh, you know, and they often craft a whole bullet point devoted to, um, you know, sort of highlighting the fact that they've got these solutions to, to obvious, you know, negative reviews or negative issues with with competing products. Is that something that you recommend, sort of going on the negative or? I would say that all of those tools can be really valuable and you don't want to overuse any of them. So if you're starting off every single bullet and it's saying all of the bad guys are doing this and we're doing this, you know, all of the competitors are doing this thing that you hate, all of these other things have this problem, that, that sort of re- has a a repetitive quality that's not necessarily going to be great at maintaining attention. Mm -hmm. So so something like uh, creating a contrast between a, a common frustration and then showing how you've taken the time to really research and address how you can solve that so that's not an issue, that's a great selling point. I always like to, to spend some time looking at the competitors and reading their reviews and seeing how are people talking about this, this product, how are, what are they loving about it, what are they hating about it, how are they using it, because people might be interacting with products mm-hmm. in a totally different way even than what the manufacturer had or the seller had originally anticipated when they created it. So you don't want to just say, okay, don't be negative, because if this is something that you're seeing person after person complain about, mm-hmm. then that's a great opportunity for you to really capitalize on. How do you call out benefits? So obviously products are loaded with features generally. Um, How do you turn those features into benefits? So when you're thinking about benefits, it's important first to take a step back and to get a very clear image of who it is that you are selling to and what it is that they care about. What are the problems that are, are driving them to go onto Amazon and search 
for a product like yours? What are the things that they care about? How, what are the other uh, products that they use? What does their life look like? Having some clarity about all of those things will make it much easier to then be able to think about benefits rather than simply features mm-hmm. because features are are what yield the the benefits and then benefits are what the ways that your product is actually having a, a profound impact on somebody's life and that's what people care about so much more than um, you know like the material or mm-hmm. um, the quality in and of itself that that doesn't mean that much but if you can say that uh, that this particular material that you chose is something that you're going to, you know, like, let's say you have a survival uh, product. So it's something that when people are using this, they're in their most dire situations. And so they want to have 100% trust and confidence that the quality is there because they're trusting it with their lives Mm -hmm. or with their family. Mm -hmm. And so the material, the benefit that that would bring would be helping to reassure that you've invested in the very highest quality materials that are going to perform when it counts, no matter the severity of the situation. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, where did, <clears throat> excuse me, where does things like storytelling and guarantees sort of fit into your world? Do you, do you write stories when you're crafting copy? You know, for example, um, you know, the founder's story of how they built the business and all that sort of stuff? Or do you just stay focused straight on, you know, just stay focused on the product itself? It would, it depends. Uh, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of artificial stories. So if you're simply just trying to create this persona of somebody that, that's doesn't really have an actual, Mm. doesn't have any truth to it. I think people see right through that because it always just sort of ends up feeling contrived. Um, however, if you do have an interesting story, then it certainly can be worth sharing. And I would say that, uh, EBC is really the place that you would want to be incorporating that more than anything, uh, because enhanced brand content, since you're able to format your description in a more interesting way, and you have those different modules that you can work with, it allows you to be able to not only tell a story, but use visuals to help reinforce that story. So if you're telling the story about your brand, and then being able to have a picture uh, that that is Mm. related to whatever that story is, then suddenly you're creating this human experience that isn't just this random product that you happen to stumble upon on Amazon. Mm. In a standard description, I would say that sometimes you might be able to do that, but because of the limitations of, of characters and depending upon how much information that you're needing to communicate, it might not always be the best use of your space. Yeah, so you're allowed about 2,000 characters, aren't you, in the sort of standard description non-ABC description. Yeah. Correct. Amazon yeah. offers a 30-day guarantee, obviously, for Prime members anyway. I'm pretty sure that's for all customers. So is it worth highlighting the fact that you offer a guarantee um, of 30 days or is it better if you're going to offer a guarantee, it probably should be more than 30 days? So I would say that even if you're offering just the standard Amazon 30-day guarantee, it can be worth mentioning. If you have something even better to offer than that, that's awesome. One of the things about 
online shopping that is the biggest barrier for people is that if it doesn't work out for them, are they going to be stuck with it? Are they going to have to spend more to ship it back than what they did to purchase it? You know, what's that process going to be like? And is the company going to be like, sorry, you're stuck with it? Or are they going to really want to make sure that you have a positive outcome, whether that's replacing it, whether that's refunding you, or whether that's paying shipping, return shipping or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Well, no. So what I was just going to say is that, you know, if you look, if you look on, on websites off of Amazon, like if you go to almost any website, they're going to very boldly uh, highlight their return policy if they have a good one. And so even if it's known that if you're prime, then you get the the 30-day guarantee, reinforcing that isn't hurting anything. And it's just providing that extra bit of confidence that you know that you're, that this company is not going to leave you high and dry. One of the things that I remember years ago, I read a book about copywriting. Um, gosh, I think it was way back in like 2001, I think. But one of the things that um, it was a guy called Ken Evoy, and, uh, and he was writing about the fact that most people write copy, which is, you know, our product does this and we do this and blah, blah, blah. It's all very sort of dry. And it's almost like you're thinking that there's a crowd of people around the computer looking at whatever it is that you've written online. Um, he he liked to craft copy that was a lot more you-focused and you're-focused. So you're going to love this product and you and your friends are going to be really excited when you receive it and all that sort of stuff. But we're, we're just a lot more conversational and, and it's really just writing personally to somebody. Is that something that you craft into your copy where you sort of park the whole we and our and, and really focus on you and your? Yes, 100%. Uh, we're all our own favorite topic. So it's important to be thinking about that. And if you're then using that well, then you're going to be able to connect more effectively and also present yourself in a more approachable way. Because it's, it's sort of like bragging, even if you're like, oh my gosh, our product mm. is so great. And we do all these things. And in real life, when you meet people that speak that way, it's not, they're not necessarily the people that you want to be spending a lot of time talking <laughs> to. And so, it's- no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. How are you? You know, it's like the first thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Exactly. So, if somebody's just going on a long tirade uh, about how great they are, then the other person is probably pulling back and online what that means if they're pulling back is again, their attention is drifting. Maybe they're remembering that uh, they had the email that they needed to respond to, or they see a, a photo of a cat that they want to look at or <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. whatever. distractions. Yeah. Whatever. You got to You got to hold their attention. Don't yeah. you? Yes. You do not want to let that attention go. Mm. You want to grab it and you want to keep it and you want to encourage them and make them feel really good about making the purchase from you because they're confident that your product is, is the right product mm. for them. And that also means if your product is not right for some people, helping them to identify that because why would you want to be pushing your product on people that are then going to get it and realize that it doesn't actually do what it needed to do or doesn't have the particular feature that they were looking for. Uh, Then you're just creating extra hassle for yourself and you're also um, negatively impacting your seller account because if you're having tons and tons of returns or returns, and I think that also when you are calling out what, you know, if a product isn't suitable for certain applications or certain people or certain conditions, 
it builds a lot more trust for the for the people that are reading the copy that are that it is suitable for because you know clearly the sellers put a lot of thought into you know the appropriateness or the suitability of the product for for them and also for people that's not like them so yeah that's super important what about things like humor do you ever build humor into your listings it seems quite risky and I've, I've seen a few sellers do it i was actually reading a, a a listing the other day that was it was an alpaca product and um they were sort of using you know phrases like save the drama for llamas and all this stuff which actually kind of gave me a bit of a giggle but it did it did sort of um it did sort of grab me actually so do you ever use humor or try humor or is it really best left alone uh i i like a a good pun or a little bit of humor in the right context so it's all about being very clear about your product your customer and not just falling in love with a rhyme or a funny mm-hmm. phrase, uh, but being very clear of, is this something that is going to reflect my product in a positive way? Or maybe this will cheapen it or be off-putting for the person that's, mm-hmm. uh, that would be attracted to a product like this. So I wouldn't say that it's hard and fast. It's once again, being really Uh, aware of who you're trying to communicate with and thinking about if that joke is something that they're going to laugh at or if it's just going to be a room full of silence. We do a lot of those things naturally in real life. And I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make when they're thinking about writing is they sort of forget all of these skills that we naturally have when we're interacting with other humans when they're sitting in front of a blank page. And so a really helpful thing can to do is to actually interact with other people in real life even about your product and you'll be able to see oh what are, what is what are they responding to or oh, okay, they're sort of looking a little bored. I can see mm-hmm. that their eyes are wandering or they're trying to glance at their phone. And so all of those cues that you're not really able to get when you put something online can actually be really helpful for seeing what people respond to or even are you explaining things fully or you may be assuming that somebody understands mm-hmm. something that they don't. What about things like testing your copy as well? Sort of, you know, I'm sort of thinking here about PickFu. I had a student the other day that you did a PickFu test on uh, on a title actually for, for a product and it was fascinating to see that um, she used a couple of extra words in the title that 86% of respondents um, jumped, like actually voted for, and it wasn't a big change in the title. The picture was exactly the same. It was just the way that the title was expressed. Do you use tools like, you know, sort of PicFu or Splitly, that sort of stuff to actually, you know, sort of gauge the, well, I guess the engagement of, of copy that you write? I haven't personally used a lot of them. I do have some clients that use tools like that, and I think they're awesome. And especially to have that immediate response that's so easy to get. Um, it's certainly the more data that you have, as long as you know how to work with that data and you know how to use it in the way that is going to be beneficial for you. I think that, that, that they're great and that they're uh, worth And especially something like a title, it's not that one title is going to, you know, that you can just follow this exact same process for every single product and it's going to work. There's such little, um, 
tweaks and changes that you can make uh, and thinking about, well, how is this looking on mobile versus if you're on a desktop and all of those little things. And so being able to get that real time response, which the title is what's influencing whether somebody's actually going to click through to your page. So that's a really important piece of text that you want to have as finely tuned I mean, that's the thing is trying to get people from search results, which is effectively where most people actually start. Although, and, and even, you know, your titles are visible on other people's product pages too when people are clicking sort of from product page to product page. So, yeah, the title is so important. I think it's really worth, yeah, um, crafting that uh, to try and get the maximum amount of click-throughs and people on page because they, they can't buy from, you know, anywhere else apart from when they actually hit your page. So, yeah, it's super important there. Tools, do you use any tools? I'm kind of thinking out loud here, Helium 10, Scribbles, Frankenstein, you know, those excellent tools that, you know, you can put your copy in and have all your keyword lists there and, you know, tells you what the character limits are and how many times you've used a key phrase, that sort of stuff. Scribbles is just such an awesome tool. Is that something that you use too? You know, I do use some of the other Helium 10 tools, but as far as when it comes to writing, I like a really basic word processor. Mm. So I either like Google Docs or uh, or Microsoft Word. Uh, I haven't played around with the Helium tools enough to know whether they would meet all of the criteria that I have, but I guess also coming from a writing background, I just sort of like visually how it looks and I like the sort of simplicity and uncluttered nature of just a, a big white box to fill in. You bet. And it's also a lot easier to see the typos as well as they get underlined in red on a, on a word processing. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, exactly. that's something I see so often is the misspells, just people not, you know, getting someone to proofread their copy as well, you know, so they, yes. they just have a, a listing full of, of typos and mistakes and you just go, oh, it just puts you off straight away. Is that something you see as well? Oh my gosh, all the time. And it is very off-putting. And I think a lot of people make the assumption of, oh, nobody reads. So why does this really matter? And for one, if somebody is making the effort to read, then they're probably going to be somebody that's more critical mm. of those than somebody that's maybe just looking at a few pictures. But also, if you're putting so much time and energy and resources into sourcing a product and, and photography going yeah. you know, yeah. everything that you do and all of all of the time and money that you put into that mm. and then you're sloppy with the page that's going to actually sell help yep. decide whether it's the right product why wouldn't you want to put your very best uh, face on and make the best impression that you can. And typos indicate that maybe your product isn't as high quality as you're saying it is, or that you don't take the care that you're trying to convince people that you do, or that you're not really who you say that you are. And you can, you know, there's Grammarly, mm. uh, which is a free extension that you can download. There's Microsoft Word, even Google Docs has a has a spell check or send it to a few people to take a look at. Because if you're just self-editing your, on your own, our brain will naturally also kind of skip over those things and correct them in our minds. And we won't even realize that there was a little typo or a little weird grammar thing. I also like to read things out loud because doing that sort of makes you slow down and um, can help you to, to zone in 
on where you need to maybe do a little bit of tweaking or correcting. There was one trick that a copywriter told me once where they actually, or she wrote her, she read, sorry, she read her copy backwards to, to spot typos. So started at the bottom of the sentence and then went back the other way just to read the words in reverse. So that was a, a, a trick that she used when there was no one around to proofread her copy, but um, just a little sort of tactic there that I sort of picked up randomly <laughs> over the years, which I thought just sort of stuck with me. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I'm actually starting to run, run out of things to, to ask you. I think we've been extremely comprehensive, or you have, that's for sure. Do you have any other tips and tricks then that we might not have already covered? Hmm, let's see. Well, I think it's less of tips and tricks as much as I'll reiterate a couple of Good. points, which is one, take advantage of the people that are around you. It's so easy when you're selling online to operate in this vacuum of space where maybe you're you know, chatting with people online about your product or what you're doing, but you're rarely having those in-person conversations. And those in-person conversations can give you so much information that you wouldn't otherwise be able to get with the chat. Uh, so I would say talk with people about your product. See if what you're saying makes sense to other people or if maybe you're make, making assumptions or what you think is so cool about your product, other people don't think is that cool and they're actually super excited about something else. So using the humans around you as a resource. Uh, and then again, on that human element, being very clear about who it is that you're selling to and making sure that everything that you're doing, whether it's using humor or not, or the types of keywords that you're incorporating or just um, the the way that you're positioning your product is all with that particular customer in mind. Mm. Yeah, that's they're firing the biggest gun first. You you know, just I reckon leading off with your unique selling proposition. I think if you're on Amazon, you don't have a unique selling proposition compared to everybody else's product. Then you've got a problem. You need to find it and then and then really lead off with that and try and make sure that it's not the same as someone else's unique selling proposition as well so right and don't hide that don't tuck that away in the last bullet or (laughs) make that loud and clear that this is what makes me special right front and center exactly Saving the best for last is not the the ideal strategy when you're when it comes to Amazon listing. No way, no way. Just put put yeah, fire off that cannon. Yep, that's a big gun straight away. Yeah, lead off with that, and then the rest is really just going to support everything around it. So that's awesome. What an awesome conversation! I've learned so much today. Thank you so much for spending forty five minutes with me. It's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, but before you go, I'm not letting you go without um, giving giving a little pitch. And also, how do we get in touch with you? Sure. So you can reach out on Facebook, uh, Marketing by Emma, on our website, marketingbyemma.com. You can even email hello at Marketing by Emma. And we would definitely be happy to help with uh, any Amazon listing optimization needs that you might have as well as if you're looking to expand your brand onto somewhere like Shopify or you're needing other types of marketing writing, we can really help you build uh, and craft that story and that additional text that's going to help you start to to build not just a product that sells well, but a brand that people are interested in and excited about. 
so please reach out. And also, even if you're unsure of whether your listing is doing what it's supposed to, always feel free to contact and we're happy to take a look at what you have and give you some free feedback about things that we see that you might be able to improve upon or perhaps everything looks great on on that note. And and then it's really other areas that you should be putting your focus and attention to. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And that's a very kind offer as well to listeners. So yeah, if you do have a, a listing that, you know, might be might be doing okay, it might be underperforming in your eyes or in your mind, then yeah, reach out to Emma and um, see if I'm sure that Emma will be able to help you and give you, point you in the right direction. Um, Emma, thank you again so much for coming on the show today. Super grateful to you and uh, look forward to um, having you back on the show again in the next year or two. Thank you so much, Chris. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.